0: Hey everyone. Welcome back to another fight site uh UFC full card preview. I am your residential always angry sad man Dan Albert and with me is the piss of shit himself Faneil.
1: How are you? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. I mean, this guy this guy is actually pretty good on the on the top, I would say. But we'll see. We'll see about that.
0: Yeah, this card, um, guys. I'm gonna level with you all. Um, it's it's a bit of a rough one. The first half of it. Um, it's
1: it's top heavy. Let's put it like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um it gets better, and, and there's some really really intriguing things, particularly the main event. But um, it, we kind of have to work through a lot here. Um, and to be honest with you, I did not have time to watch all of these fighters for their footage. And what I was able to see wasn't a lot. So for the first few fights, um, Fenyo, who's a little more equipped to talk through them, is going to discuss them in detail as much as possible. Well, I may pitch some questions, but um, just so Fenyo doesn't suffer alone, I will (laughs) um, read off the fighter names. And if you're listening at home, see how many of them I get wrong.
1: (laughs) All right, let's... All right, let's do this. Let's, All right. let's begin from bottom of the card.
0: Yeah. So we start with Omer Morales versus Jonathan
1: Pierce. Yes. This one is actually one of the best ones at the beginning of the card. Um, Morales had a very impressive debut against Mowgli Benitez. Uh, that was lightweight, but then both uh, dropped down to featherweight. And uh, Morales pretty big, uh, big guy, a heavy kicker. Can punch well on the counter. He trains with Henry Hoof, so he's well equipped to deal with with grapplers. Uh, Jonathan Pierce, on the other hand, uh, not very impressive debut. He debuted uh, up a up a weight class 2 against Joe Lawson, and he ended up getting a smash from a reverse half Nelson. It was pretty brutal. Uh, next time around, he had a a way better showing against Kai Kamaka the third. Uh, he's scrappy. He he's comfortable striking. Uh, has very good level changes despite his him being very tall for the weight class. And he's a good grappler. Uh, the problem I think for Pierce in this matchup is that uh, he li- he leaves the shin up high a lot, and Morales can can hit super hard. Morales not very good pressuring, but I think uh, Pierce is gonna assume that role on this fight. Um, not a lot of information, I think, about the specific matchup going by the previous fight of them both, but I'm picking Morales here for being the, the better striker overall and being big, and I think he'll be good enough to fend off the takedowns.
0: The more proven fighter is what you're picking?
1: Yeah, the more proven fighter, and I for what I've seen, I I think this matchup is favoring him. hmm
0: Okay. So I... I uh, have no pick here so we'll move on to the next one, which is Matt Semmelsberger versus Martin Sano. So- yeah, this
1: this one I don't I don't really know what's going on here. Um, Semmelsberger, uh, a striker-like low-tier welterweight, but he's pretty decent. He hits very hard, uh, has kind of an upright stance, he's kind of stiff, but he has powerful hands, puts good combinations together. Uh, Hard kicker, not like a a combination kicker, but he can find spots for his low kicks and those are very heavy. He goes to the body well, has a very nice left hook to the body. Can counter if the exchanges get a a little bit messy. The gas tank is not great, but he fights well when he's tired. And Sano, on the other hand, uh, I don't know what he's doing here. Like... Like, Sano hasn't been doing great when he steps up. I mean, he fought for a World Series of Fighting, and then now they are... What's the name now? <laughs> for world like series
0: of Fighting, Professional Fighter League? Oh, yeah, the
1: PFL. The PFL. He fought Dominic Waters, at UFC reject, and he lost that one. Then he went to Bellator, lose to Don Mohamed. I saw his last fight, and that was a-, a while ago, four years ago, four years and a half, against Diego Herzog. And that was a draw. I mean, I really don't understand why he got signed. I mean, I guess he's a little, uh, like a last-minute replacement, but still, it's it's rough. He's not very athletic. He's very scrappy. He's like an all-rounder, but ah, looks looks very rough for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Semusberger is younger. He's bigger. He's more athletic. He's a better fighter. I mean, it's, this one is an easy pick for me. It's Samosberger by knockout.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so that leads to Nick Maximov versus Carl Robertson. Roberson yeah, Robertson. Middleweight.
1: This is middleweight. This is another one that's very rough to make reads. Maximov got his contract for the UFC fighting at heavyweight. And it was like a non-heavyweight fight because it was like two fat guys. The other, the other guy was a lot bigger than him, so I guess he's in, like a career heavyweight. Maximov actually like made, made his career fighting at, at middleweights, so he probably brought... mm, he's a good grappler. He stays very active, um, taking grappling matches and in submission underground, but he has never faced anyone like remotely good like the last guy he fight he fought at LFA was uh, the last guy he fought at LFA was like 1 and 0 so and he's only 6 and 0 right now so yeah um robertson i mean his kryptonite lately has been the grappling but he's like athletic he's like an actual pro fighter with 13 fights so yeah, I mean, I guess they are setting up Maximov to win this one, but hey, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still picking him, I think. but yeah, I mean if, if he can take if he can get takedowns early and he doesn't have set up for takedowns at all, so it can get rough. but mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I gotcha. So next one is, oh, I'm definitely not gonna get these right. Women's flyweight, Manon Furio. Versus Myra Bueno Silva.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, Bueno Silva is uh, she's athletic. She can hit hard. Uh, what she likes is like fighting off her back. Weirdly, she's very good with the armbar. She has a good series of triangle armbar omoplata. Very, very old school jujitsu stuff. Uh, Fiorot, on the other hand is fucking huge. She's like she's like holy Holm because she's like this white jack girl that fights from like a karate stance the difference is she's more comfortable leading and pressuring than Holm is so she has more output and she levers more the the athletic advantages even if she's not as nuanced as Holly Holm is Um, I think the easy pick here is Firol because I don't think she's getting taken down and she's a lot more comfortable in a striking striking fight because she used to be a kickboxer so pretty much that's that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So next one is a lightweight bout. Uros Medik versus Jalen Turner.
1: Yeah. Um, Uros versus Jalen. I mean, Uros coming with a lot of hype, but he also has the problem that he's never faced anyone good in his career. Um, he used to be a kickboxer. He's very explosive. He has, like, decent footwork. Kicks super hard. Can put his hands together. Looks like he can defend takedowns well, but, again, never fought decent competition. Uh, Jalen Turner, on the other hand, has faced, like, a higher level of competition. He, ha- he has been had- having trouble with wrestlers. Um, but other than that, he's also a very good striker. This This fight should be a lot of fun, if anything. Like, both guys are very exciting and good strikers. Um hard to tell. Hard to tell. I mean Medic for sure will be the the more athletic and explosive guy out there. He has the kickboxing experience. But Turner very slick with the hands. He's very good, he's very composed. And if it goes to deep waters, maybe it turns into into his favor. I don't know, I'm picking Turner just because he's more experienced at by this point I think Medic is unproven. But yeah, this this one should be good
0: hmm Okay, so uh Rox Roxanne Madarafi versus Modaferry. Yes. Modaferi. God damn it, seriously. That's <laughs> the one I should know. Talia Tayla. Tyla Santos.
1: Alright? Uh, this 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 one is super straightforward. Um Modaferi has has a lot of trouble when the other girl um, is, more, is, like, way more athletic than her and can grapple because if both are true, Motherfairy has trouble, like, getting any success with the striking because she's super slow despite having good ideas. And when the other girl is a good grappler, she, can't, she can leverage her, her actual good grappling because... And Tyler Santos' bad news for Roxy is both. Like, she's very athletic she's a very good grabber, so... Hmm. Um, Rox is getting her ass kicked here. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty pretty straightforward.
0: Okay. All right, so the good news is, from here, I can talk now. Kind of. Okay, that's good. That's That's bad. good. <laughs> because the very first one is a heavyweight bout between, fun fact, one of our patrons, Shamil Abderhakamov... Or as we know in Morgan versus Chris <laughs> versus Chris Dacus. and um, what to say about Shamil other than I hope to God he wins this because um, he's in there with kind of a t- I I think kind of a weird one. So this matchup to me kind of looks like Shamil's kind of based around like his ability to like read you and then counter you, and then like either look for body locks or like takedowns off of that. And he's yeah. kind of smothering and fairly strong and somewhat disciplined. Um, but he's not... No, he's a
1: decent striker, but uh, most of his stuff is, like, reactive. Yeah, it's he's all... good on the counter, and the takedowns also come from counters, especially catching kicks is, like, one thing that he's very good at.
0: Yeah, he's not really, like, a guy who, like, forces reactions, though, so he kind of just waits on no, the other guy to, no, get... he's, to do No, no, he's something. like the passive king. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting, though, because his opponent, Chris Dacus, is super pre- proactive...
1: Yeah, he's, and, he's going to go at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dawkins basically, like, is trying to kill you constantly. And, like, what makes... Dawkins Do- will be open on the counter because he'll, like, plant his feet and, like, sometimes cross his feet. But And he's pretty open because he doesn't slip off the center line too much. But, like, Dacus is going to be trickier because Dawkins plays with rhythm a lot more than most heavyweights.
1: Yeah, Dawkins Do- is very creative on the offense, especially for heavyweight. He puts combination together. He plays with feints. So it's it's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't really know which way this is going to go cuz um like Shamil's whole thing is um trying to bait you in and in, in order to set like those control maneuvers, but um if he can't like take Docus's shots or like can't counter him on entry and hurt him, he may have some difficulties here with the pace.
1: Yeah, I th- I think the the opportunities for for Shamil on the counter um, striking wise especially are going to be early because Docus is gonna put like his offense together and it's going to get harder and harder for Chamil to get a read. Also because Docus like atta- attacks on all three levels. He goes to the legs, to the body, to the head mm-hmm. and and he can punch from both hands. And like he's dangerous offensively. And he's fast and and he's very quick despite his looks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um I don't really have much else to add. This kinda of just feels like whomever gets their fight is most likely to win. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I if I
1: had if I had to pick I'm going with Dogus just because Shamil is getting very old.
0: Yeah. Shamil, my bud, you are on our Patreon. You've been great eight support since the dawn of whatever. But um you're getting old and sometimes we gotta put a dog down. <laughs> so uh please don't please don't unpledge <laughs> we love you, Morgan um so uh yeah I'm gonna take Dawkins too, but I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way
1: yeah yeah I yeah. mean it's it's a it's a good this is good matchmaking because it's he's mm-hmm. a very good test for Dawkins. true and and Shamil, like Shamil's, like
0: kind of experienced enough to like with yeah. some guys like that yeah and you like, could, he's you could guys say that faster
1: yeah, and Shamil, you could say he deserves better by he's coming off a loss. So mm-hmm. this is I'm fine. This is good matchmaking, especially for heavyweight.
0: Yeah, uh, speaking of good matchmaking, or at least like what seems to be. So Dan Hooker is returning uh, to fight Nazrat Hakparast in a lightweight bout, and um, I this this is one of the fights that I think asks a lot of like complicated questions. I don't know about you, Fenyo, but like it's it's interesting because. um... Hack Prest seems like the better fighter on paper, but if Hooker is still. No, an asshole, I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: that's I mean, true. I mean, he has potential to be a better fighter. Pot- yeah, that's a better way it. I don't know it. if he is right now the better fighter than that. That's Hooker.
0: fair. Yeah, probably more like sound and like process, but like. Yeah. Hooker, Um, because Hooker still kind of, I think, wants to be this like fancy outfighter. It's just he's a lot better when he's going at the guy trying to take his head off. Because he's immortal and stuff, or at least seems to still be. Yeah, unless Poria and Chandler took like that part out of him. But let's just go yeah. with the assumption that like I he's think, still there.
1: I think Hakaparaz at his best is very dangerous because he knows what he has to do. Me, he's he's this southpaw boxer that has like very good in and out movement, and has. Uh, despite having a very like meat and potatoes game with the boxing, he's very good at playing with rhythm and setting up the big the big left hand. Mm-hmm. And Hooker, on the other hand, is more a more of a like a tricky fighter. Like he doesn't have like huge depth in any area, but he has a lot of tricks everywhere. Mm-hmm. So. I feel... The thing with Hooker is that he's super relaxed at range, and he kicks super hard to the legs, <laughs> and and that and that's one thing that I could see giving Hack Perast trouble because yeah, he has too. like this super wide stance, mm. and Hack Perast and also, also like Hack will we have to close like very long distance because Hooker is long as shit.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of a problem, I think, because like Hack Perast, my read on him is kind of like his offense is kind of his best defense. Because he's very aggressive and he's very attentive behind those guards and feints. And it's measured and he only commits as necessary. But, like, there are the little things, like crossing your feet on the pursuit and, like, the fact that he doesn't have much of a kicking game until he gets the other guy against the fence at all. But even then, it's not that much. And then there's kind of, like, I don't know if you've noticed, he's still, we joke about the Kelvin Gastelum similarities, but, like... He still kind of has that weird, like, little crooked, like, hooks off the slips he does that Kelvin kind of goes for, or which means he's very open on the counter if, like, feints can't push him, the other guy back, and that's kind of part of the reason Dober caught him, for instance, because, like, Dober realized, this guy's looking to, like, draw my responses and counter me. What if I hit him with a straighter shot as he's throwing one of those wide yeah. hooks? And so, yeah, I think the kicks and, like, openings on the counter, or if if Hackpress can't force reactions, is going to be an issue. But it's going to be a bigger issue, I think, for Hack Parast if he can't, like, um, dictate where the fight is on the front foot, and even if he does, like, Hooker having like reactive knee threats and also being insanely durable, on at least decently coached enough with his shot selection, that it's kind of a little scary for Hack Parast here. I think. Yeah.
1: The other thing is that I mean Hack Parast is capable of replicating what, what Chandler did because. He's super fast, he's super hard. But yeah, I mean, if Hooker is try- if Hooker starts putting like stuff together, I I'm not sure if Hackbarth's defense is going to deal well with that. And Hack- mm-hmm. and Hooker is another example of a guy that just just throws a throws a lot of different stuff at you. Mm-hmm. He can kick the body, he can kick the legs, and he's very dangerous with the left hook too.
0: Yeah, and it's like at the very least um Despite, like, some of the things, criticisms you could offer Hooker's way, like, the, like, discipline, like, that he showed versus Poirier with his strike selection and timing and picking at kind of some of Dustin's faults does indicate that he thinks, or at least his team coaches him on how to think about how to take advantage of the little things. Sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think the game plan versus Dustin was, was actually very decent. it was just like Dustin was both uh, more had more depth to to his mm-hmm. striking, yeah, depth, and on also like way better cardio. So, yep. I mean, Hooker the- Hooker needed the early finish, and it didn't happen. So he was like kind of fucked yeah. after that.
0: Yeah, it's um like th- that's the thing with Hooker. Like, how much are you going to rely upon like his physicality and like ability to like kind of bully you with kind of. Because the other thing is, Hooker is um isn't Hooker a lot bigger than Akbarast? Relatively, I
1: mean, I mean, he's supposedly just two inches taller, but he's it's probably more than that. I think Akbarast is paying overbuild in his height. Mm -hmm.
0: So I I feel like this fight will basically come down to kind of who's able to like push the other guy back quite a bit and who can deal with that the best as well yeah the uh, other
1: thing is that i'm not trusting like Tristar to put a good game plan together for hack i mean the the, the oh. smarter thing here would be for hack to pressure early and that's mm-hmm. a thing that Tristar doesn't usually recommend to their fighters mm-hmm. i think he was he was very sweet for king's mma i don't know why why he left but yeah i feel like that um hooker on the other hand i think um despite having cardio problems before, this is a fight that it's better for him the longer it goes.
0: hmm Yeah, I think um and I also think the fact that like Hack Press doesn't really have like those jab and like active kicking games outside of throwing kind of some throwaways and feints at distance kind of means like he's kinda of liable to still be hit by a lot of hooker's kicks like what you've said. And yeah. it's just and without like those range tools, um even if he's able to push on the front foot, it feels like he's going to be less effective than Hooker would be on the front foot. But because of Hooker having like answers like counter knees, like like repositioning into like body shot left hooks. So I feel like um I feel like oh, Hooker is my pick here.
1: Yeah. He's more proven and also the like the wild card here it is that if they get into any scramble, like pro- prolonged, actually grappling exchange, Hooker is going to fuck him up because he's actually a good, a good grappler, and Hack Perez is Ooh. like this, like a scrambly kind of dude that doesn't actually grapple.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm I mean that's fix- the other
1: thing. Like, if Hooker gets like dropped, he's more likely to survive. If Hack Perez gets dropped, he's going to get choked.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it just feels like margin for error is a little lesser for, like, yep. hack for here. So, yeah, are we in agreement? Hooker probably by knockout?
1: Yeah, the knockout or decision, both both are probably for me.
0: Yeah, okay. So that leaves us to the next one, um, a bantamweight bout between Marlon Morice versus, I cannot say this last name, so I'm going to pass it over to Fanyo.
1: We're just going to call him Mirab <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mirab, um, Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start this, or do you want me to?
1: Um, I mean, this one is kind of sad because Morais <laughs> yep. has been looking terrible lately. I mean, he looked all right, I guess, against Aldo, but then the last, the last two ones, uh, especially the especially the fond one. Hmm. This one is... I mean, this is a longer layoff, at least. Maybe he will look better this time. And the sad part is that this should be, like, a super easy fight for Marlon if he was on his prime. Yeah. Like, he's actually very good at defending takedowns. And and he can, like, pivot inside the cage. He's not easy to pressure. And the kicks will serve him super well in this one. Mirab is getting better with the striking, and also it's getting better at using the threat of the takedown to set up strikes. But he's not, like, a very dangerous striker. He doesn't... I mean, he he obviously hits hard, he's physical, he's athletic, but he doesn't have the technique and accuracy to make those punches count in a big way. Mm -hmm. But he can still, like, put... The thing is that he pushes an, an insane pace.
0: <laughs> he's
1: mm-hmm. relentless. He's going to go forward. And if Morais doesn't put him out, he's going to drown him because I don't trust yep. Morais at this stage to survive the onslaught.
0: Yeah, it's um like looking at this fight footage wise. Um, like it's I don't think it should be out of the question to say that Morais still would be like kind of a matchup horror for Morais yeah. up here. But that would be Mirab's thing. He needs to look for like putting that pace on and smothering Marice as much as possible, because if he doesn't, some of Marab's, like lack of depth on the feet is really, really going to be a problem. Because like especially on the back foot, because if you're getting backed up by kind of Stamen, whom is pretty meat and t- potatoes as far as strikers go, oh consistently, that's kind of an issue versus Marlon Marice, whom is like. One of the still one of the more danger as counter punchers, I'd say, of the top ten bantamweights. Where, yeah, because is like still Mirai isn't great with his gas tank, but he still throws lethally with a hundred percent, and it's um especially on the counter and when he has t- space to work and think. Yeah, so, so you have to overload him or overwhelm him. And I'm, yeah. The
1: thing about like old Morais is that he he really likes his space and Mirab is not going to give him any space to breathe and to think about what's going to, what he's going to do next. Yeah. I mean, one probably and very weird outcome from this is that Mirab is not going to get a lot of takedowns, if anything at all, but he's just like going to put volume on the feet on Marais.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm still going to probably take Morais just because I think the matchup is really dangerous for Mirab. And I think Mirab is still pretty susceptible to counters, but like, I, it would not shock me at all if just Marais just got Cardio bullied.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I just can't trust him anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I can. I, I kind of think this is just kind of enough of a matchup that I can see him maybe pulling it off, but like, not 100% confident, but weird, weird fight.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. All right, so the ne- so we have anything else to add to this one?
1: No, let's move on to the next one.
0: All right, so Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calv- Calvillo. Calvillo. I always mess that up, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> at Women's Flyweight. Um, yeah. I don't have a lot to say for this one. I kind of see um, that um, Calvillo tries to punch in takedowns and looks for kind of some grappling like dynamism but she's so like stiff on the feet and some of her ring craft is kind of lacking outside of looking for those takedowns that i feel like if she's facing someone who's notoriously physical like andrage
1: yeah he's
0: strong enough to like compete with shevchenko for a time i mean
1: Calvillo and when she was making waves at at strawweight back in the day her thing was like being athletic and being fast, being powerful, and she's like a crafty grappler, but she's she's just not a good wrestler. So I don't see how she's going to get the fight here to the ground because Andrade, as as limited as she is, she's fucking brickhouse, and mm-hmm. and take the defense. I mean, Valentina had to do like. Like, crafty stuff on the clinch, and she's also, like, super strong. Mm-hmm. I don't see Calvillo getting the entries Mm-mm. to get any takedowns off. And on the feed, this is just a mismatch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Like, Andrade has, has been getting better on the feed, and she just punches too hard and and too well, actually, for Calvillo to handle. I mean, mm-hmm. this is an, an easy... Andrage pick for me.
0: Yeah, no no one who's basically having an even fight with Jessica eye on the feed is going to be able to completely like outdo Andrage. Yeah. Sorry. Pretty uh, much. Yeah. I yep, yeah, easy Andrage pick. I don't really know by what method, but yep, I think that's cut and done. Um and now for the uh people's main event, the one I've been waiting to talk about, Curtis Blades versus Yair Rosenstruck, a heavyweight. So, what route do I go about here? Do I start by saying how much Curtis Blades pisses me off? Or do I say how Yair Rosenchuk is some alt version of Derek Lewis and this might end up going the exact same fucking way because Blades is an idiot? Um...
1: I mean, yeah, the thing about Blades is that he tries very hard to not be a heavyweight and then he fails in the most heavyweight way possible.
0: It's, it's, it's astounding how... <laughs> I try not to be mean to fighters, but it's like, how is it that you put Derek Lewis through a ringer with nothing but like feints and jabs and kicks, and then you're like, I'm gonna level change now. Obvious level change. Here we go. Oh, shit. Uppercut. Dead. And it's He life.
1: didn't... He was at a point that he didn't even need the takedowns anymore, <laughs> because he... He was tuning Derrick cap on the feet. It's like But yeah, on the uh... on the other hand, like Roostenstroik, um he's like obviously like a better striker than Lewis. But uh, he's kinda of more two, wild. Two things. He's way smaller <laughs> and he's <laughs> unproven as a wrestler. Yeah. I mean when when has Royston Stroyk fight any kind of wrestler.
0: And Rosenstruck, like, lest we forget that Epic and Ganu clothesline knockout is really easy to back up. Um, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, it's like... Rosenstruck's whole thing is like... I, I call him Alt-Lewis as kind of a joke, but it's like... Because you see a similar process, like, lead them into the power, but he's more like follow and set up. But otherwise, he doesn't really do anything to, like, create those collisions unless the other guy...
1: Like, no, I mean, the, the thing is that... Uh, he has a better concept of filling up the gaps than Lewis has because he has, like, the safe jab and the inside low kick to, to like, eat up time and make you lead. But other than that, all his game is revolved about making you lead and then going crazy with the left hook.
0: Yeah, and then... um. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, comparatively with Blades, it's, it feels like Blades should be the guy to win. It's just how much you trust Blades to not just randomly just go, oh, yeah, this now. Because it's, like, you see their smart process with, like, what Blades does. That's because it's, like, it's just all of a sudden he'll just have this random brain fart or, upon, like, the entry who, like, um, if someone, like, throws out, like, a counterfeint. Or if yeah. he, like, faints without having anything else protecting him. It's, like, I feel like Blades' problem is kind of, like, he goes, okay, time to do this. But then, like, you already know kind of the end result that's going to happen. But the only way you can't punish it is if, A, you're, well, bad, or you just literally fall to the same level change faint and get taken down anyways. And it's, like, it makes him so open on entry for anyone who, like, gives a damn about trying to time him. But it's, like, he can commit to, like, smart intelligent, consistent things, like, he was out jabbing even a shot JDS positionally, he, Yeah, thinking about all those feints in tandem with each other and kicking as well, so it's like you see the process there, it's just then he'll just do something where it's like he'll make it very obvious. Yeah,
1: I think the problem with Blades is that he overthinks a lot. Yeah. Like, I he, think he cannot get in, in any kind of flow state. He's actually super smart and he's doing <laughs> the right things, but then he's like, what should I do next? And that's when he has those, yeah, I think lapses. he gets into his
0: own head, basically. Yeah,
1: but still, I can't, I can't shake the feeling off my head that if blades get on top, Rosenstruck one is going I, to be like, yeah, "What I've... the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, because... that's
0: true. Yeah, that, that that was my read too, because it's like I I don't I don't trust Rosenstruck to have like the Lewis. Yeah, I mean we've power.
1: seen we've seen huge guys getting on top of Lewis. Uh-huh. A lot of times, so we can kind of trust him to do his. <laughs> I'm going to just stand up thing. <laughs> yeah, we just. But I'm not sure I can. I can't think Jair Senior is going to do the same thing. I yep. mean, it's very coin flippy, but I'm going with blades on this Me one. Me
0: too. Yep, I, I'd say blades by smothering or beat down on the ground. That I think that's the fairest one. So, yep. Um, Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler are fighting. Yeah, for 5 rounds. What do we got to say?
1: I mean, it's there's not much to go off. I mean, obviously the rematch is I mean, the the first fight is nothing to go off by. Um but if I if I had to guess, I mean, I would go with Nick and my reasons are um Nick hasn't been a fight fighting forever, but the last 3 fights he lost, he looked he looked alright. I think he looked pretty decent against Anderson Silva all things considered because it was like a super bad matchup and Anderson is bigger than him. And he actually put on a on a very decent performance. He looked like prepared to to not get kicked in the legs. And and even if the f- footwork failed him when he was trying to pressure, he had some good ideas. And I think people underestimate the the Diaz Brothers camps. They train with very good people. I mean, sometimes the, strat- the strategy be- behind uh, the fights is not very sound, but they come prepared with tactics most more often than not. On the other hand, Robbie Lawler has been looking completely terrible. <laughs> he doesn't throw at all. He's super gun-shy. And if anything, like Nick Diaz is younger and he's been taking all these years off. But still getting, but still being in good shape. I mean, if anything, I expect Nick to look more that more like himself than I expect Robbie to look like anything good.
0: Yeah, it's like th- this whole fight. Like, um, if it's not obvious to anyone paying attention, it's kind of a fight that's five or six years too late.
1: Really Yeah, for sure.
0: It's um, and, and it might well be one of those situations like a Lawler Brown, where it's like guys on a similar level still are able to compete in a competitive good fight but it's like there there's like questions of what is nick diaz gonna look like rust wise yeah. or just like even still age catches up with him and stuff because when nate diaz came back versus masvidal he still didn't necessarily look terrific either but, there's yeah, but also- the thing is that
1: nate has been getting massive punishment all these years and he hasn't so
0: Yeah, that's also true. The the other but the other thing is like you can tell with Lawler like the gears are still like turning. Like if you watch that Covington fight, which you shouldn't. Um <laughs> and you you can see the gears are still turning. It's just he can't pull the trigger anymore. Like you can see him try, but it's just like he's just still like unable to do that and it's just um that's just worrying here so it's like I don't I don't really know what data to go off here for this fight um I I kind of just hope maybe both guys look the best that they can be and we get something yeah I mean fun.
1: yeah I mean it's not it's not that we're hating for the sake of hating I mean no, no. if this if this fight is ends up being like a funneled fighter fight I'm going to enjoy it
0: oh yeah like a Lawler brown was that for us
1: that I don't think it's going to be sadly.
0: I I don't. Know. Uh,
1: but yeah, I mean, if I had to make a pick, I mean, as I said, I trust Nick more to look like Nick, even mm-hmm. if he's like an old and diminished version of himself. Lawler has been looking like so off.
0: Yeah, it's um, it, it it's sad. I would have loved to see this fight a few years prior.
1: Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it was a rematch that we all wanted. and We never got, but mm-hmm. yeah. At this stage, no thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still going to watch, but I watch everything. I mean, I I just talk <laughs> I'll to you about you. guys about like like Martin Sano. So
0: <laughs> it's okay. I will also watch this one, but only out of respect for these two. Um, okay, so speaking of respect. What can Lauren Murphy do to beat Valentina Shevchenko for the women's flyweight belt? Um,
1: so... This, um, this I mean, is- I mean Jennifer Maya show, showed us some of the vulner- vulnerabilities about uh, Valentina. And I think Murphy has a similar skill set. Um, the problem is that I think Maya is... Like a more organic striker, and that helped her a lot in that in their fight. Uh, Murphy is a lot more like a road,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and also like the kind of takedowns that Murphy likes. I don't think matches up very well with Valentina.
0: Yeah, it's like when I when I watched Murphy's some of Murphy's footage, the the thing that stood out to me is like. I see that Murphy has, like, some kind of process. The problem yeah. is she's just very, very slow. Oh, and she's constantly, like, linear with it. Like, very, very stiff. And doesn't appear... Like, she's physical, but she's not athletic either. You see, like, some process of, like, rhythm, but, like, no cohesiveness to,
1: like, yeah, I mean, the a goal off of it. Yeah, the, she's... The her boxing is, like, decently schooled. Like, she leads well with the jab, he can put combinations together, but, but yeah, I mean, that's not a range that Valentina usually hangs out, like, in. If anything, like, she's, she's going to try to close distance and Valentina is, like, going to check hook and get out of there. Mm -hmm. And, and that's another problem. Like, Murphy, like, gets good entries when she can box her way up to the, to her takedown entries. And Valentina keeping that longer distance is going to make her probably it's probably going to force Murphy to shoot from way outside, and she's not going to get the the ties she needs to get the takedown, and she's gonna get outmaneuvered in the clinch. Yeah,
0: it, it's like out posi- it, it's like out positioning, like experience and like understanding how exchanges work, and it's like. It's not just that Valentina has an athletic advantage; it's just she understands how to like navigate exchanges so much more here. So it's like it feels like Murphy's route is like she could be a little physical and kind of do some of the things Maya did. I just don't think she has like the cage craft to like do a whole lot on the outside to really, really. Yeah, do Maya.
1: That. Maya has better footwork. And mm. and even if Murphy has like better boxing fundamentals, you can tell that Maya is a more fluid striker, and that helped her a lot.
0: Yeah, and it's just it, the speed difference is going to be apparent. Yeah, like, Maya
1: also a lot quicker than Murphy.
0: Yeah, like uh, it's that's that's the big thing about Murphy. She's also just stiff, like and,
1: and she's also like very old. So yeah. We can't really count on her to look better than she has. Quite the contrary.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of feels like this is Shevchenko's fight to lose.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, like, I mean, anything can happen. Murphy can pop with the right hand, and if she gets on top, she's a very good grappler. Mm-hmm. The problem, the another problem, is that Murphy's not very dangerous from top position. She can probably, like, if she gets the takedown. She wins the round easily because Valentina's not great off her back. But But the round is not what you need to, to beat Valentina. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's um Yeah, I I'd, I'd love to give Murphy a better chance here, but um it's not a great one.
1: I mean it's probably at least at this is going to look like a fight, I think. Like like the Maya fight and uh it's not going to be like a complete watch like the UKN or the or the Jessica I fight. Mhm. But I can I can say more than that.
0: Yeah, I, I can't really say much else. Um so with that um we get to talk about the fuck the main event and um what what's great. Th- what a fucking fight this this is and the more I think about it the cooler it gets. So I said um a few months ago that um, Ortega could pose difficulties to Volkanovsky that I think, like, not really many people were accounting for or thinking about. And um, the more I've watched footage, the more I've been convinced of that. Um, And I've already written my staff picks for this. But basically, the gist of this fight is I think a lot of people have um, kind of misinterpreted how Volkanovsky works in, in regards to kind of Especially in relation to those victories over Max, in kind of correlating those to oh Max beat Ortega, Volk basically fought evenly with Max. Yeah, Volk should dominate Ortega, which I don't think is going to happen at all. Because although Volk could definitely like win all five rounds, I don't think it's. I I would kind of be shocked if this fight wasn't competitive. At least in yeah, sports.
1: I mean I mean Volk cannot replicate the style of fight that Max had with, with Ortega really because he's not he's not going to put like this infinite pressure of of strikes it's, like it's not it's not how he fights
0: like let's let's backtrack for a minute and ask ourselves kind of like a- as well as we can how can we describe like Ortega's process versus compared to Max's process and it's like and then relate it to Volk and so it's like Well, what does Max Holloway do? Well, Max Holloway wants to basically force, like, constant exchanges through his jab, through his offense, and basically just continuously, like, draw out your fire and then overwhelm you with that volume and attritional work. What's Ortega's process is, like, Ortega likes to operate, I think, best on the counter, but he's ultimately the guy of the division who's opportunistically looking for that margin of error where he can get you for that, like, margin and get something big going or, like, build momentum off of that. And so the yeah. pro- so the problem for Ortega versus Max is, like, not only were Ortega's, like, margins kind of mitigated by the fact that, like, although Max gave him those errors, Max is basically immortal, but also oh, Ortega's depth and, like, the exchanges just straight up was not enough to match, like, Max's positioning. And the other problem Ortega had versus Max is Ortega... In order to find his moments, has to be touching you and engaging you, and Max Holloway is not the guy you want to engage if that's yeah, your intention. Exactly.
1: I mean, one thing to consider is that Ortega is harder to game plan against than Holloway, even if Holloway is the best fight is if the better fighter by a long shot, because Ortega is like very sparse strategically most of the time. He's more of a, of kind of a like a vibing fight <laughs> like mm-hmm. like he he likes to like just have a fight and find the tactics that he likes and he has a very, very good eye for tactics. Yeah, a he good can eye fight. for
0: tactics and for rhythm especially. Yeah.
1: And he and yeah, Ortega is like very good at finding openings and then enforcing those openings in smart ways. It's not like it's not like some fighters that find like, oh, th- I like this counter, I'm going to throw this counter a hundred times. Ortega is more of the kind that, oh, I find this counter, how can I make this counter happen again?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, He and if he can, like, he'll exploit it endlessly, like the body shots versus Moicano, oh, drawing the overhand versus Cub Swanson, or like out-positioning him to like, dr- uh, like panic shots or like subs. It's yeah. like Ortega or like even against Max like Ortega like drawing Max's guard with his lead hand to hit with the right it often Max
1: he had he had actually despite what the what one, despite what one would remember from that fight Ortega had a lot a, a lot of good moments it's just that those good moments were drowned in excellent moments by, by Max
0: yeah and it's like it's, like, Ortega basically is the guy in the division who is opportunistically going to make the best out of every, like, little thing he can get. It, like, he'll turn scraps into, like, basically rewards for himself. Off. Yeah. And th- that's what makes him so dangerous because he has a great eye for that and he has ways to, like, make it happen. So it's, like, like you'll see Ortega is, um, I- I'd say, one of the most avid, like, upper body players like fainters I think I've seen um, at featherweight. And th- that in particular stands out to me because like Ortega's kind of guard is a little finicky, but I think it plus the faints throw guys off so much as to where he's, they feel he's yeah. safe to hit. Cause then like um he'll just suddenly out position them and just time a body head combo. And that tells me Ortega has a great read for like positionings, but he's yes, also like exactly. constantly, constantly Thinking about making you overthink and then punishing you for them, but like where Ortega is most dangerous is on the counter, like, and if he can force those counters, like he makes the most of them, and he clearly hits hard. He works attritionally, and so
1: this, actually pretty decent kicker too.
0: Yeah, like when he commits to it. Um,
1: and and the thing, the interesting thing about Ortega is that against Zombie, as we all know, he fought like a committed game plan for the first time. But he didn't lose his edge of being dangerous and finding openings. He actually had, like, some great moments of brilliance in that fight. And that's interesting because that means that he can be smarter and don't lose what makes him dangerous.
0: No. It's like a, the the Jung fight... um. Uh, Jung isn't exactly the kind of fighter who is going to, like, really ask how much layers, like, Ortega's deaf on, like, a different foot yeah. to go. But it's, like, it still kind of reinforces, hey, Ortega is way, way smarter, more observatory than, like, you would think. And I think um, it, it, it kind of leads to the question of Volkanovsky here, because this is the big, big thing. Why ultimately are we, like, discussing how Ortega works in relation to Holloway? Well, so Volkanovsky and Holloway are kind of on different ends of the spectrum in how they win fights. Because I-, I think it's best described this way. Holloway is the guy who wants to overwhelm guys. Volkanovsky wants to find the few things that you do and basically make sure that he's yeah. one step ahead at all times.
1: He's a ne- he's a neutralizer. Yeah. And, and the thing is that, this might sound like oversimplifying things, and it is a little bit, but Ortega is hard to neutralize because he doesn't have this very clear process yes, that he exactly. can neutralize. He doesn't have, like, very go-to tactics that he likes to go to. So Volkanovsky, I think, at the uh, at the beginning of the fight, he will have to scout what Ortega wants to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, he, think of it this way. Like... Max Holloway wants to get in and do like what? Well, how does he get in? Usually Max is always working behind that jab. And what is the yeah. first thing Volkanovsky starts doing in those fights? He starts looking to take away Max's jab every single time. Almost every yeah, and he,
1: had, and he had like a lot of that tactics to deal with the jab.
0: Yeah. And that that's a huge reason why he won that first fight and how and why Max had to reorient his game so much in the second. So and obviously
1: Ortega Ortega also jabs, but he's fine if he doesn't jab. Yeah. That's that's the difference he has with Holloway. So I think for Volkanovski, oh, the dangers he has to navigate, it will be at first, because he will have to, like as I, as I said, scout what Ortega wants to do. Mm-hmm. And if he gets predictable in the early going, he can get hurt. And the second part is... At the long run, if he establishes like a solid game plan to beat Ortega, he also cannot get predictable there.
0: Mm-mm. Yeah, that that's the problem here. It's like Volkanovski is like probably the guy in the division who tries to neutralize you as much as you can. And he's going up against the guy in the division who will make the most of every little thing you have. And that's why this fight is so intriguing because it's like it kind of feels like a minutes versus moments fight, you know? Yeah, because um, it, it's how exactly is um what 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 is this fight going to look like at the start? Nobody kind of knows because it's like Ortega is so weird to prepare for. But Volkanovski also has to has to like specifically allocate his specific reads according to Ortega's as it goes on. So I think this fight will probably like answer a lot of questions about both guys. And as it progresses, that's where things are going to get really interesting because you're going to see Ortega like getting his reads and trying new things and Volkanovski has proven that he can adapt and like mitigate things not going his way but those but the moments things do possibly go his way it are going to demand like him to be on point
1: yeah yeah for sure and Volkanovski I mean I mean we we're seeing what Ortega can do but I think at the end of the day i had to favor walk on this one mm-hmm. because he's the more proven product and and i trust his ability to adapt to to counter adapt especially like he did very impressively in the in the second max fight that was looking very bleak for him mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's like um ma max and ortega kind of adapt a little bit differently max kind of both guys kind of have to be touching you in different ways um Ortega's, like, reads are more counter-oriented, which is kind of really dangerous for Volk here. So it's like, yeah. I do think, um... Because and, and that, that's a lot of the success Max had against Volkanovski alongside, like, the pressure and, like, cutting game behind the kicks. Whereas, like, Ortega, it's probably going to be built upon, like, his counters and, like, unpredictability. Um, so it's like... I don't... I think, like, asking my, myself, like, um... What kind of situational ringcraft is this fight going to determine here? It here is kind of a really, really unknown. Because it's like, I can see Volkanovski, like, really taking advantage of Ortega's issues on the back foot. Because Ortega is still pretty rote defensively there. But it's like, Ortega is such a knack for counters. And Volkanovski, bless him, still is pretty predictable on the blitzes if he can't disguise them off of his mix-ups. And it's like... The, the biggest problem with Volkanovski, which is coincidentally also kind of his biggest strength, is like when everything he needs, he can do a lot, but he needs everything to be working in order to be most effective. Yeah, And if he can't find ways to do that, or even one phase is like kind of trouble for him, like he is demonstrably going to struggle a lot more, as smart and capable as he is. Like that's kind of the gamble that he plays pulling the one step ahead game, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be dangerous, and that's what makes this fight so compelling.
0: Yep. And uh, I, I can't wait to see it. I will. I, I think the safe pick is Volkanovski. Yeah,
1: I think, I think Ortega will have his moments on this fight, and he will surprise a lot of people with oh, how yeah. competitive it's going to be. And I don't discard at all the, the chance of him finishing Volkanovski with some weird stuff. Volkanovski but... is
0: not Max Holloway durable. He's yeah. good. He's... Rec- he can recover quickly, but he is not that dude who is gonna like no sell Ortega.
1: Yeah, and he has this instinct of. I mean, he used to be a grappler, so if he shoots, we all know how how dangerous Ortega can be mm-hmm. on the on those situations. Yeah, I, but uh... but if I had to make a prediction, I think uh, Ortega won't be able to catch up with with what Volkanovski is going to build. So I'm going with uh, Volkanovski by decision.
0: Uh, same. I I don't disagree. I think um I and I honestly think um yeah. I think this will be a pretty darn fun fight as long as it lasts. Or yeah, At the very least, think, it'll be very tense.
1: Yeah. I think this one is going to be very good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Can't wait to see it. So um with that, I think we've covered everything. This card kind of starts kind of bad, but it asks more interesting questions. Yeah. Um,
1: are you gonna talk about a few? I mean, gonna give some recommendations. About fights to look for. Um, overall, if you're going to watch something on the prelims, I think uh, Morales versus Spears is going to be a good fight. Try to watch that one. Um, I think um, you were talking
0: about Medik Turner earlier.
1: Medik Turner is also going to be one I I would I would have an eye on. Um, those two, and then. Uh, Hooker, Hooker, Hack, but I think that's main card. Oh no, that's prelims too. Um, yeah, those, those three don't do not miss. Yeah, especially Hooker and Hack Barras, obviously because he's the hi- the higher profile one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, then for the main card, I mean, it kind of becomes less entertaining. Uh, Blades if in Rosenstruck, if you want just the memes. Or yeah. Lawler Diaz, if you want to just. I don't know. Just make <laughs> up your own joke here, or just, yeah. But uh, in more seriousness, respect. Just to see what these two do, um, and I mean, um, the main event. I expect. Roles.
1: Yeah, and I, I actually expect uh, Murphy versus Shevchenko to not suck because, I, if anything, I count on Murphy to bring the fight to Valentina, and when girls try to do that, it's usually more watchable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah and i mean the main event given I, mean,
1: I mean i gotta say i gotta say as much as we as everyone memes about valentina she kicking and ass was fucking amazing yeah,
0: that's true that
1: fight fucking rules yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna say that
0: yeah so yeah I, I mean and given the last like 15 minutes i think we have no problem saying the main event is the real fight you should yeah. watch
1: yeah i mean sure. that's yeah i mean there's There's nothing too great on this card except the main event. The main event is fucking amazing.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's one of the best fights that, like, the sport can have. Like, it's probably not the best fight the division can have, but it's up there because it's basically like one of the more intriguing dynamics. But, um, yeah, otherwise, um, this card isn't really that good, but it has some cool stuff. Yep. Alright, and with that, I have nothing else to say. Um, further plugs for this week?
1: Um no not really. Um
0: we will I will be joining the MMA pod to, uh the night after this recording to also talk about some of these fights. Hopefully in a little more
1: with That's two, cool.
0: Two other peers. Um I will be re-releasing an article I already wrote on my personal blog over a certain gentleman on this card with some rewritten thoughts about how he works. Um Otherwise, um, I hope you all enjoy Fight Week. This main event rules. I can't wait to see it. All right. Che- all right. Cheerio. Cheerio.